Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Chapter 11. I was given a reed like a measuring rod and was told, go and measure the temple of God and the altar with its worshippers, but exclude the outer court. Do not measure it because it has been given to the Gentiles. They will trample on the holy city for 42 months and I will appoint my two witnesses and they will prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. They are the two olive trees and the two lampstands and they stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone tries to harm them, fire comes from their mouths and devours their enemies. This is how anyone who wants to harm them must die. They have power to shut up the heavens so that it will not rain during the time they are prophesying. And they have power to turn the waters into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they want. Now when they have finished their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will attack them and overpower them and kill them. Their bodies will lie in the public square of the great city, which is figuratively called Sodom and Egypt, where also their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some from every people, tribe, language and nation will gaze on their bodies and refuse them burial. The inhabitants of the earth will gloat over them and will celebrate by sending each other gifts because these two prophets had tormented those who live on the earth. But after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them and they stood on their feet and terror struck those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies looked on. At that very hour there was a severe earthquake and a tenth of the city collapsed. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake and the survivors were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe has passed. The third woe is coming soon. The seventh angel sounded his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven which said, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign for ever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who were seated on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were angry, and your wrath has come. The time has come for judging the dead and for rewarding your servants, the prophets, and your people who revere your name, both great and small, and for destroying those who destroy the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and within his temple was seen the ark of his covenant, and there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and a severe hailstorm. The stuff about the trumpets and the woes and the witnesses and the woes interlaces back and forth like a bowl of spaghetti. If we try to follow all the progress of the trumpets and the woes, we might feel a bit dizzy. But there is a massive truth in here that we can suck up and be nourished by. It's the vocation and the vindication of the witnesses. The identity of the witnesses is widely accepted to be the church. Their vocation speaks into our vocation. God wants witnesses. A witness does not just speak whatever they want to speak, no. A witness shows and tells what they have seen. 
And that is the task of the church. Show and tell what you have seen. It is the simplest thing as long as you've seen something. So, have you seen something? Have you really seen God? That is phrase one of our witnesses. We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was. Witnesses worship. But there is a phrase two, because you've taken your great power and have begun to reign. That's verse 17. Or the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah. That's verse 15. Please note this. True witnesses are invited to declare not only that God is wonderful, but also that he has already begun to reign. God has already acted in Jesus and his unseen power is already reforming this seen realm. Jesus has already begun to reign through his church. As we've said before, this isn't the most obvious thing you'd think when you look up at the church. It can look a bit rubbish. It looks a bit beaten up, overpowered and killed. The church is something easy to mock. You could even send gifts to one another to celebrate its demise. But, just like the witnesses, in the end the church will be vindicated. The breath of God will fill the disempowered church, catching us up into the clouds, enabling us to live like we're walking in the heavenly council, while others walk forward into awful judgment. God has already begun to reign through his church, and our stories and our gatherings must become witnesses of that truth. While it is great to read this book and to eat up the spaghetti, the real question is, will we digest that truth? Will we become witnesses? Will we love all the body of Jesus Christ and celebrate how Jesus is reigning through them already, even while others look on to mock and gloat? Here's a question for reflection. How could you help the church live our vocation as witnesses? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.